Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. I was one of those people who voted early by mail. Way early. I even double-checked to make sure the county received my ballot. I did that because I wanted to make sure that my vote counted and that I could vote safely during a pandemic that's still going on. And it turns out, there were a lot of us. There were some places in the North Bay where counties already had received 60% plus of the mail ballots they sent out by October 31st even before they opened any of their doors for in-person voting. This hasn't been a normal election, and officials in California made some big changes to the process. But so far, even with COVID and all the misinformation about how voting works, it seems to have paid off. Today, how voting went down across the Bay Area and what we've learned for future elections. I'm Devin Kadayama. Welcome to the Bay. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Okay, so the first thing I want to do with you guys is kind of a word association thing, so bear with me. Overall, how did voting go in the Bay Area in one word? Early. This is Guy Marzarati, reporter for KQED's Politics and Government Desk. He also helped lead our newsroom's election coverage this year. A lot of Bay Area voters cast their ballots as early as they could. And this was largely done through an expansion of mail-in voting, which is something California had been moving towards for years. It was just a a lot of messaging, a heavy uh, messaging campaign to get people to vote early, which, you know, look, it's it's a change in behavior for a lot of people. A combination, too, was allowing early in-person voting. So we saw starting a Halloween on Saturday, 
uh, voting locations open up across the Bay Area. So basically, the combination of that early mail-in vote and that early in-person vote meant that a lot of Bay Area counties went into November 3rd with more than 55% of registered voters already having cast a ballot. President Trump's been trying to undermine trust in mail-in ballots, even though there's absolutely no reason to believe that uh, they should be undermined. Do we know whether the Trump effect impacted in-person turnout in the Bay Area or California? I'm not sure if it impacted in-person turnout in the Bay Area, but I can say in California at large, we seem to have seen a a shift in the trends, the partisan trends of mail-in voting. That is, for years, Republicans were reliably voting early by mail. The result of that was when polls closed and those first mail-in returns were released on election night, usually results skewed to the right a little bit. This year, that kind of flipped, and we saw... And I think you have to to chalk this up to the fact that the top Republican in the country, President Trump, cast so much irrational and and false doubt uh, on mail-in voting. We saw a big drop off in the participation in mail-in voting of Republicans here in California. Um, And so I think, you know, it remains to be seen whether that was a kind of one cycle shift, if that will change, or if the kind of partisan dynamics of mail-in voting have been forever altered in the state. seems like 2020 keeps giving us reasons to need to get out and vote. Throughout this whole process, uh, Alex Padilla, California Secretary of State, has been a a champion of mail-in voting, even actually before the pandemic. I mean, he has largely overseen this shift in the state uh, towards mail-in voting, towards counties uh, sending every voter a ballot. Before this election, there were already 15 counties doing that, San Mateo, Santa Clara, Napa among them. Despite the misinformation from the Oval Office, despite uh, COVID uh, and other threats, Californians are responding through engagement. Nobody's burying their heads in in their sands. We're registering in record numbers. Early vote uh, has been record numbers. And so I think we've heard from Padilla throughout this whole year that you can trust mail-in voting the, the security is in place where it's not as if there's going to be fraudulent activity of double voting or anything like that. Um, and I think he's continued to champion it through the election. Which is why I'll say it again. You don't want to risk getting stuck in a long line. Get out there, vote early if you're going to vote in person or return your ballot through the Postal Service or an official Dropbox. Guy says that overall, it looks like California's plan to expand mail-in voting and early voting worked. There were in-person locations open over the weekend, and no major systemic problems with voting in person. Still, right now, a lot of issues that did occur are anecdotal, and election officials and poll workers always expect to deal with some issues every election. What are some of the, the typical challenges or problems that we might see at polling places in California? You know, one that comes up that I'm uh, many poll workers talk about is, you know, showing up at the wrong polling place or, you know, not finding themselves in the voter rolls. Um, I do think, you know, California has taken steps to uh, make sure that, you know, even if, if someone has to cast a provisional ballot and it just takes a little longer to get counted, that there is access for those voters. But certainly, you know, th- there remain issues with with in-person voting. 
or with, you know, with mail balloting, you know, a lot of mail balloting relies on uh, having your address in the system. We heard, you know, individual complaints from certain voters who say they never received a mail-in ballot at their current address. They may have had to go in person when they were expecting to vote by mail. So, you know, those individual kind of things are, of course, going to come up uh, in the course of an election. I did hear uh, a couple complaints here and there about electioneering happening in the Bay Area, whether it's, you know, directly at the polls in terms of someone having a sign or wearing clothing supporting a certain candidate or, you know, complaints about, you know, people being yelled at while they're in line by a supporter of a certain candidate or another. Um, and I think that that's just kind of the, the, the issues that election officials deal with, pandemic election or, or not. I know that lines can be this huge barrier to voter access. And it, it does happen in California, even though, you know, we have stronger voter protections than a lot of other states. Did you hear anything about any long lines on Tuesday? Yeah, you know, right now, evidence is kind of anecdotal. But we did hear election officials in San Mateo uh, tell KQED they had some lines at the South San Francisco Library. I also talked to some candidates for office in the South Bay, Santa Clara County, who said they had been watching some long lines on Tuesday evening in East San Jose. Um, but again, it's a very it's an inexact science. Um, and, you know, we saw on Tuesday, judging by videos and photos could be hard because the kind of physical distancing uh, protocols that need to be followed make it harder to, to just eyeball it and say visually how exactly long a line is. In, in terms of large scale issues, take the March primary, for example, you know, there was huge issues in Los Angeles when it came to voting machines and lines caused by those. I think those swelled up to such a level that it was readily apparent on election night in March that there was huge issues with lines. We know we didn't, there wasn't any events like that in the Bay Area uh, this time around, but it'll re be really interesting following up with each county, each registrar's office, because for many of them, this whole protocol, a lot of the, the things they went through for this election were new. And it'll still be interesting to see what worked, what didn't work, and what from this kind of coronavirus era election might be taken forward to, to future votes in California. How, how did the pandemic affect in-person voting? The pandemic definitely cut down on the number of voters that were casting ballots in person. It also changed how counties actually carried out the in-person vote. You know, clearly the the physical distancing and coronavirus protocols that we see everywhere from, you know, restaurants, any kind of indoor building, it also applies to in-person voting locations. And so you saw, you know, protective gear, uh, the kind of sanitizing protocols take effect at, at voting locations, and also, you know, encouragements to wear a mask. Now, no one was de denied the right to vote because of uh, if they chose not to wear a mask, but then counties had to put in kind of separate protocols if people refused to wear a mask asking them, you know, in, in some cases to go to a, a separate part of the voting location to make sure that they wouldn't, you know, be putting anyone else at risk when they cast their ballot. So all those kind of protocols, uh, you know, had to be taken when it came to in-person voting. Let's talk about the counties. Like, I know each county kind of took their own approach to in-person voting. Is there anything that any county did that was unique, either seen as like a good thing or a bad thing for in-person voting this year? That's interesting. I mean, you're right in that, you know, there was kind of a divergent approach of different counties in the Bay Area. Um, some kind of stuck with the traditional polling place model. We saw that in San Francisco, uh, in Solano, in Contra Costa, in Marin, where voters were still assigned a polling place. Others had already abandoned that, like 
I mentioned Santa Clara, San Mateo, Napa already allowed kind of countywide voting. You can go to any voting location in the county and cast a ballot. And Alameda joined them uh, this year along with Sonoma County. It's what we don't know at this point is what 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 was the result of that? Did we see longer lines in places where people were assigned a polling place? Was there more confusion in places where suddenly there was a shift to voting anywhere? I think it's too early to say that um, in terms of how the actual election day uh, results were between those counties. But it was it's definitely something to, to that I'll be you know following up on in the days to come is how did those kind of divergent approaches work out for counties? I know a lot of races have already been called, but do you know how counting all the votes has generally gone in California? I think we can expect in a lot of these close uh, congressional and state legislative races in California for it to be kind of a repeat of 2018, really, where it was days and weeks until we really had a full picture of how all these results shake out. The way uh, election officials put it is, you know, their counting ends when they certify the election on December 3rd. Um, That's really the deadline they're looking at. I think for, you know, for those of us following these, you know, down ballot races that could, you know, vote counting could drag on um, in, in a really close way. It could be, you know, days and weeks for those kind of races. And that's despite the fact that, you know, I think I should make a distinction of the reason we have this kind of long vote counting process is because of the ways that, you know, California allows votes to arrive and be counted. You know, if you postmark your ballot on Election Day, it can arrive up until November 20 and still be counted. The delays we're seeing, I think, in a lot of other states deal are really uh, uh, attributable to the way that they deal with votes that come in before Election Day. If, you know, election officials can't touch those ballots that are arriving and have to wait until, you know, Election Day and after Election Day to actually deal with those, that can result in, you know, in a much longer count. You've been doing so much work for KQED around the election, but when it comes just to the process of voting, What's your big takeaway from how voting has gone in California and in the Bay Area? Ultimately, I think election officials and and the state of California succeeded in getting the message out about, you know, why voters should vote early. You know, there's voters that still chose to go to the polls on Election Day. But I think they really uh, focus on getting the message out about why getting your ballot in early matters. Um, And I think ultimately, there was just greater awareness around the process of voting this year than years past. For example, an issue like rejected ballots. I don't think that's something that many people were talking about before 2020. Despite the fact if you go back you know, every election year in California, there's around 1% of all ballots that get rejected. Yet that was not really something people were talking about. I think this greater insight and awareness of voting issues and of the issues that can ultimately, you know, lead to someone's vote not getting counted, whether the ballot arrives too late, whether it has a a signature issue that doesn't get fixed. um, I think there was just greater awareness around that kind of process this year. Guy plans to follow up with Bay Area counties to see if they learned anything more about how voting went down in the Bay. If you had problems either voting or volunteering as a poll worker, and you want to let Guy know about it, you can slide into his DMs on Twitter or send him an email. We'll leave you links to both in our show notes. And just a reminder that votes in California are still being counted, so head over to kqed.org slash elections to get the latest results as they come in. This episode was produced by Erica Cruz-Guevara, Kiana Mogadam, and our editor, Alan Monticilio. KQED's podcast leadership team includes Jessica Placek, Erica Aguilar, Vinnie Tong, Ethan Tobin-Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. 
were made by your local public media station, KQED. I'm Devin Katayama. That's it from the Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Take it easy. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S.